0: Get your Bibles out. And if you would go to Jeremiah, book of Jeremiah chapter 9. Jeremiah 9:23. 9, now I've been preaching this message the last 2 weeks and I'm still on it about pressing in and I gave you this. We talked about this in 23. We're going to have to press in. We've got to, to press into the things of God. So I'm going through what, did it mean to, what does it mean to press in? And what, what are you pressing into? And how do you do this? And this is where I'm headed in this message. But, you know, I, last week I was talking about God's kindness. Because, you know, you don't want to press into something that you think is not good. Hello? How many of you would like to press into a snake den? Right? You see a snake, big old rattlesnake, you know, let's say he's a good, good six-footer, crawling a hole, you just don't really have a desire to press into that hole. Right? And there's a lot of people that their relationship with God is like that. They don't know, they don't know if God, you know, if they went to the throne, if God's gonna hit them in the head with a bat, give them a box of candy, tell them how much he loves them. You know, you don't know because their relation, they're they're The relationship with God is warped. It's twisted because they believe God is a God who's sitting up there angry. God's a God that wants to pour out wrath. God's a God that wants to, you know, smack you because you didn't do right. Hello? And those things get distorted in life because of our relationships with our own earthly fathers that we get things messed up with what our heavenly father is. And last week I was trying to show you that God has what's stretching out to you today is kindness. God's kindness, His His love, His unbelievable mercy is stretched out to you today. But just like anybody, there's going to come a day that the time's coming that that clock is going to strike midnight and it's going to turn and there's going to be a change in the age of this world that we live in and it's going to become the age that's going to be of the tribulation. And it's going to be a time where you do not want to be on God's bad side. And it's going to happen, folks. As much as I can jump up and down, jump up and down and tell you, you got to hear me. It's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen tomorrow, today, or a thousand years from now. I'm just telling you, when you read the Bible, it's easy to go through to look at the prophetic words that God has. It's easy to go back and look at how many prophecies are in the Bible that have already come to pass. And that the time... Is gonna come. It's the next step in what's going on in the things of God. And so I talked about how the the Pharisees, Jesus said to him, says, Man, you look, you you can you can go outside and you look up in the sky and you look at the clouds and you tell, you say what the day is gonna be like, but you don't have enough spiritual sense. Now I'm paraphrasing this. You don't have enough spiritual sense to know what's going on in front of you. Because they were the religious leaders. They could have gone back and they, they, and read Isaiah 53. They could have gone and they could have read the scriptures in Isaiah 9 and looked at it and saying, Hey, there's a Messiah coming. And he was standing right in front of them and they didn't re- recognize him. You know why? Because they were mad because Jesus wasn't doing it the way they thought it should be done. That's the whole thing. They weren't pleased with Jesus because, you know, he went and healed that guy on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. And who's that? You know, he can't be doing that. That's crazy stuff. That's not the way we do things around here. And Jesus was rocking the boat. All the multitude was coming to him, and they weren't doing it official like in the synagogue, and they weren't doing it just official. They're just out by the seashore. Jesus preaching to them, people getting touched and healed Miracles taking place and it wasn't in order, their order. Okay? So they didn't like it. And so therefore they were against Jesus and they couldn't see. But the Son of God is standing right in front of them and they can't see it. Pretty crazy. Well, Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 23 says something that you need to really, really remember. It says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, and let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor the the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. Folks, there's one thing to glory in, and that is your relationship with God. Not in your talent, not in your abilities, not in your strength. There's one thing to glory in. That you know God. Hmm. Isn't that simple? But a lot of people don't want to know God. And I'm going to show you why this morning. Why people don't really want to know God. But he goes on and says that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord. Look what he says. Exercising love and kindness. And judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Right. So this is who God is and your relationship with him is the most valuable thing you have. It's not your gold in the bank. It's not your great business. It's not, you know, your wisdom. It's not anything else. But the greatest thing you can glory in is how much do you know God? How how prepared are you to walk with God through hard times or through good times? are through mediocre times because those are the times that are really tough, right? When, you, when, when everything's good, you're just having a good time. When things are bad, you're pressing into God. But it's the mediocre times where it's just all right. Everything's you know That's the one that'll get you in trouble because you get complacent. And the Bible says in, 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 in uh, Revelation 3 that the lukewarm ones get spewed out of his mouth. So he says it's better to be hot or cold. All right, so we talked about a lot of different things, we talked about pressing in. I don't want to go over too much because I won't get through with today what I want to get to. So let me skip down here. You'll have to go back and watch the other messages if you want it some more. All right, so now go to First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. I read this scripture last week. When I was talking about God's kindness, but I want to I want to start off here it says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor are the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages that our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew for had they known they would not have crucified the Lord. But it is written, I has not seen, nor ears heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. See what it says here. I has not seen, nor ears heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I'm telling you, God has things prepared for you. You hear what I'm saying? If you're discouraged today, God has things prepared for you that will encourage you. There's things stacked up in heaven on your shelf, prepared for you. God doesn't just make it as he needs it. He's already got it prepared for you. So the moment you turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I really need, whoop, got it. I knew you are going to need that, got it right here. Years ago, when I first got saved, I remember, I can't remember the person or who it was. But there, was a, there was a book about a person that died and went to heaven. And that was one of the things they said. They said they, they saw buildings full of stuff that was prepared for people. And when I, when I heard that, I thought, well, I don't know if she saw it or not. Or, I keep thinking it was a, a female, but I don't know. Could have been a, a, a man. But anyway, whoever it was said that I thought, well, all I know is that scriptural. Because I knew this scripture. I said, God says he's got things prepared for us, but they were like seeing warehouses of things prepared for you. And I'm like, well, I agree with that. Could be. That's what the word says. God's already got it prepared for you. He already knows you're going to need it in advance, and he's got it prepared for you. He's just waiting for you to get to that timing when you need it, but you ain't going to have to wait for it. Have y'all notice how you got to wait for everything today? Lord, have mercy. I was trying to buy some tires the other day. I was like, oh, no. I'm like, what is they quit making tires? What in the world? It's the stupidest thing i ever heard of. Got mad, changed, you know, give me this brand, give me that brand, give me that. No, it's going to take five, six days. I said, what are you talking about? It's a tire. Lord, I thought this was America. Everything now is on a weight, right? And so, so but not with God. He's already got it prepared. So when you need it, boom, got it. Out of stock. You ain't going to get that message from God. Hello? You're not going to get the out-of-stock message from God. He's already got it prepared. Now look at this. The things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God, He says you can't see it, but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. So the Holy Spirit knows you have needs. The Holy Spirit has seen the preparations in heaven. And now he's just trying to get you to understand what's there. So, go to John 16. When you're pressing into the things of God, the most important, I can't say it's the most important. I mean, I'm, just, I'm not trying to categorize this as one, two, three. I'm just preaching. But one of the most important things you can do is to understand the Holy Spirit. Now, what happens is, is every time a pastor, preacher mentions the Holy Spirit, everybody freaks out. Everybody gets scared. They curl their toes up in their boots, getting ready to hang on. Go, going to get wild, going to go Pentecostal. Because somewhere along the line, somewhere they ran into somebody that scared the life out of them talking about the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, that's not going to happen today because I'm, I'm just not that kind of preacher, all right? I could leap off this stage and scare you if I wanted to, but I'm too old to be doing any leaping, and I ain't doing no leaping, okay? So, But I want you to understand something, all right? Your relationship with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to show you why it's so important and that pressing into the things of God. If you don't understand the workings of the Holy Spirit and and get get the, the sequence right, you're going to be missing it all the time. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said this. But now I go away to him who sent me. I'm in John 16, 5. And none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things, your sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Jesus is saying it's to your advantage. What? Here he is. Walked out there, did miracles, signs, wonders. Healed everybody that came up there to him. And it's an advantage that he goes away from us. Because if Jesus would have stayed here in the flesh, you would have had to be going to the convention center where Jesus was at today. And how's that going to work? Can't get there. He says, I go, it's an advantage that I go away. Well, here we go. This is why if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Now your Bible depending on what translation you're reading it may say the helper it may say the comforter it may say a different word in there but I'll get back to that in just a second And he says but if I depart I will send him to you Watch this Jesus is saying I'm leaving don't be concerned when I when I get to heaven I'm sending him down And this is what he's going to do. And when he's come. Okay. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but I cannot bear them now. However, when he the spirit of truth is come, look what he's going to do. He's going to guide you into all truth. He will speak on his own. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said, that He will take of mine and declare it to you. Now, folks, listen to me. Jesus said that. I didn't say that. That's not in some some uh, uh, passages of contention, right? There's a few passages in the Bible that they're in contention. I don't know if you knew that. i just get, Let me just tell you that I, I had to laugh at this. See, I had a person tell me one time that you, I really need to study the Word because you know it, 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 there, there's some there's some things wrong in it. And I was like, really? I said, my Bible says Holy Bible. So I just figured it was a Holy Bible. No, no, you need to study these things out. So I went to studying it, trying to figure it out. And there's some scriptures. Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, I believe, is one when he talks about Jesus' last words. And there's a little bit. And so I started looking, why is that in contention? Why does that? Oh. And it's like there's 5,000 manuscripts, 5,000 manuscripts, Handwritten, exactly word for word, no issues, no problems, everything, word for word, dot for dot, cross out T or whatever for everything's perfect. But there was two that weren't. And I'm like, what? This is contention? Five thousand right ones and one that wasn't? And oh yeah, you gotta watch it. And I'm like, you're an idiot. And bottom line, you're an idiot. You wasted my time looking at this stuff. You're an idiot. What my Bible says is right, and I'm going to believe it, right? But this is not a scripture that's ever been in contention. Jesus said it. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can't say it. Well, our church, we just don't believe in that Holy Spirit stuff. Well, then you're, you're an idiot. I'm just going to say it. Just, just let it go. You're, you're a fool. Because how are you going to take what Jesus said? You say, well, I don't like those words he said, but I like these words he said. You cannot do that. You either eat it all or eat none. You can't go out there and just pick and choose what you want to believe. And so you can't right off the bat. I gotta, I gotta just silence that in your head. And say, well, we don't really believe in that Holy Spirit stuff. Well, then you're a fool. You're not taking all the whole. Uh, package that Jesus gave you because Jesus said right here you need it because the Holy Spirit's going to be the one that's going to tell you things that come. He's going to show you these things. He's going to lead you through. He's going to help you. Now the word there oh excuse me <clears throat> so uh, he said that he was going to do something. This is why people don't like the Holy Spirit. It isn't because of speaking in tongues. It isn't because something you think something's going to take your body over or make your tongue thick or make you bark like a dog. It ain't nothing like that. It's all because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit's going to bring conviction. People don't like to be convicted. People don't like to be told they're wrong. People don't like to be told, well, wait a minute. you shouldn't be doing that. People don't like that. And what it says, I wrote this down, it, it is, is, um, about the Holy Spirit, is that he says, he says, this is the way I put it, he says we're not right, and there's a way to get right, and if not, there's a judgment. That's basically what it says. He's coming to say, hey, look, you're wrong. Hey, good news, there's a good way, there's a way to get right. And you better because something's coming down the road and you ain't going to want to tackle that. See, and so people don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit. They don't want to learn about the Holy Spirit. They don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because you might convict them and say, what you're doing is wrong. You need to stop it. Or you got to understand something, folks. See, people, again, goes back to our childhood. Our parents said, don't do that. So we wanted to do it more. Because we had that Adamic nature on the inside of us, that rebellion on the inside of us. We wanted to do it just because. Why were they telling us not to do it? Because they already knew because they had already done it, that it wasn't going to bear fruit. Hello? And they were trying to save you. So the Holy Spirit coming to convict you, trying to tell you not to do that is so that the loving kindness of God can still keep coming in your life and you don't shut it off. Oh, wow. Y'all missed that. You missed it. Went right over the top of your head. I saw it blow, blow some of y'all's hair up. Some of the others just skid right off the top. see, what happens is, is that we think he's convicting us, telling us to stop, like don't do it, and we're mad. No, no, no. He's trying to tell you to stop or to change so that you can receive all the loving kindness of God in your life. See, it's not about bad old sinner. No, it's about. Don't do that so God's love can flow into your life. Quit shutting the love valve off. Quit shutting the kindness valve off. Don't think those thoughts because if you do think those thoughts, it's going to bring depression in your life. Don't think those thoughts. It's not like, well, I want to think it. I want to think what I want to think. And the Holy Spirit's saying, don't do it. Don't do it so that the loving kindness of God can keep flowing in your life. So why do we need to have a relationship with the Holy Ghost? Well, we need to have it like that. Because the Holy Spirit is going to be the the point that's bringing these things to our attention. Now, you may notice, because I just said it, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. When I first got saved, I read a King James Bible. And King James says Holy Ghost. And it got stuck in my head. And I've always said Holy Ghost forever. And then so I'm trying to more modernize. Now, let's say Holy Spirit. But down on the heart and down inside of me, it's still just the Holy Ghost. Now... The Greek word for the comforter or the helper, however your your Bible may have it translated there, is perikletos. That's the Greek word. And it means a helper, a comforter. Okay? But you've got to understand something. It's more than that. You've got to hear this this morning. You've got to understand the Holy Spirit. Okay? When you say, okay, this is me. Maybe y'all are more intelligent than I am. You probably are. But anyway, you say to me, a comforter, I immediately think of the blanket laying on the couch. I mean, comforter, boom, blanket laying on the couch. It's The comforter. Are y'all with me? You kind of see where I get that? Okay, a comforter is on a cold day a warm jacket, right? That is not what this means at all. That is not the comforter that the paracletos is. What it is, is one who pleads another's cause before a judge. A pleader, a counselor for defense, a legal assistant, an advocate. Those are the definitions for what it means, what the word there, comforter, helper means. It means means you're in trouble and he's your attorney who's on your side standing there in your defense saying, Oh, hold on. Don't worry. I got this. So the devil comes up and says, you're guilty, you're guilty. And, and if you just had a relationship with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost said, I got this. Or he would turn to you and say, OK, we got this. We got this here. Just say this and this. Remember that scripture? Remember that scripture? Go say that scripture. Go, go confess that scripture right now and then he's going to be gone. One who pleads another cause with one, also an intercessor. In the widest sense, it means a helper, a securer, an aider, or an assistant. Folks, listen to me. I want to know somebody like that. I want to know somebody who knows what's going on in heaven, because Jesus said he hears in heaven what's going on and then tells me. Right. I want to I want to know the person who's hearing what's going on in heaven, coming down and then it's going to be my advocate. My my defense attorney, my instructor. I want to know that person. I want a relationship so much that I can can, can can already be ahead of the game. And so when whatever transpires in the world, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, you knew that was coming. Just keep steady. Keep it steady. It's going to be okay. Right? Okay. Okay. Now, I preached this message, I don't know how long ago, a month or so ago. But out of Isaiah 53, and then I went to Isaiah 61. So I was telling you, 53, 61, 53, 61. You need to know 53, what Jesus died on the cross for you, so that you can walk in Isaiah 61, which is the benefit of Isaiah 53, right? So, but I want you to go to Luke 4, 18, which Jesus is quoting Isaiah 61. And I want us to look at this. Luke 4 and 18, Jesus is quoting this. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Where is he? You realize that Jesus was 30 years old, uh, roughly, before a miracle ever happened in his life? You realize that Jesus, I, I don't know how it worked. Okay, I, I had to get to heaven, see the DVD. There's not any really talk of Jesus's You know, we knew that he he got loose from his parents and run off. Everybody's going home. He went back to the temple, sitting there listening to the the teachers, right? Right. Talking with them. Okay, so we know that about him. But then after that, between that age and between the time he comes on the scene and with John and and is baptized and, Then goes out in the wilderness and all that. We don't know anything about that period of time. But we don't have any knowledge of any miracles or anything that he did. I'm just basing it off the word. Y'all with me? Don't look at me. I'm not teaching you some erroneous doctrine of sin. There's no mention of it in the scriptures. Right? So like Jesus didn't go to school and always got an A. Because he knew the answers. Before the teacher asks him. Right? We don't know. All right? So then Jesus goes to the, to the river, goes to the Jordan, is baptized by John. The heavens open up. The Father speaks, says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then the Holy Spirit comes down upon Jesus like a dove. Right? Jesus goes out in the wilderness. He's there for 40 days. He comes back. When he comes back, this is what he starts talking about. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus announces right here that he's fulfilling Isaiah 61. He's walking with the Spirit of the Lord upon him. Okay, he did this to show us, to show us that we can be walking like he did with the Holy Spirit upon you and in you. So let's look at this. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Holy Spirit's not something new. Go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. The very beginning. First scripture written talks about the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. That word hover, it really means that. There's no other meaning. There's no like deep something meaning you can come up with and say, no, it really means, it means like, like the easy hunt at a tank when doves are flying in, that stupid one comes in. Not the one that went by carrying the mail. And you just went, well, I'm a good shot. And things just out there. Yeah. That's what it meant. The Holy Spirit was fluttering, hovering. What was the earth? Without form. Void, darkness. Holy Spirit shows up. Whew. Things start happening. You were without form, void, and in darkness. She cried out to Jesus. She got saved. The next thing that happens, Holy Ghost He's wanting to hover. He's wanting to flutter over your life. He's wanting to come in and land right by you and, and, and begin to just minister to you and teach you things and to show you things and all this. And we're all going, ah! and running. That's what we're doing. We're freaking out, running. Something's after me. It's called the Holy Spirit. But one thing I've learned is that the Holy Spirit is like a dove in the sense that if you go, then he'll, it's going to fly off. All right. with, with Jesus, he loves everybody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No matter what. Right. But the Holy Spirit is not going to deal with mankind if mankind doesn't want to deal with the Holy Spirit. That's right. The Holy Spirit has a little different option in his contract. And that's if you just keep rejecting him, he doesn't have to hang around. But he was there in the beginning, fluttering. He's there in the beginning of your life when you're without form and void and darkness upon your thinking and everything else. You just get saved and you're trying to go forward. The Holy Spirit's there hovering. He's like, like saying, come on, let me light in your life and let me, let me help you in life and let me show you something in life and let me bring life. Into this situation of yours. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Go to Ephesians 1. Oh, I said 3. 13. 13, Excuse me. Look what the apostle Paul tells the church at Ephesus. He says in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. Whom also having believed you were sealed. With the Holy Spirit of promise. So after you get saved. You're sealed in the Holy Ghost. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance. If you go look that up, what it means is the Holy Ghost is the, the earnest money put down for the contract that God has with you. In simple form. you're the He's the earnest money stuck down saying God's going to fulfill the contract. He's the one that comes and seals you. So then how do you how do you, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is how do you get to pick and choose then whether you want to have a Christian life with the Holy Ghost or without? Because Christianity comes with the Holy Ghost that you're sealed in and is the guarantee that all of heaven is yours. So how are you going to take the Holy Ghost out? How are you going to say, well, we just don't talk about that Holy Ghost stuff. I'll talk to God, I'll talk to Jesus, but you know that Holy Ghost stuff, it freaks me out. I had that crazy aunt, you know, when she would come on. She'd go chattering in tongues and stuff like that scared the life out of me. I ain't no way that Holy Ghost stuff. You can't do what you get. You're just going to have to learn the truth, folks. We're going to have to learn the truth. And what I'm telling you today, what I'm screaming at you today, because inside of my spirit, I'm screaming to you this morning. is we have got to get to the place when we're pressing into the things of God, the Holy Ghost is the one we're, we're, we're pressing into to say, help me to understand. You said you'd teach me the things that I should know. I want to understand, Holy Spirit. I wanna, you're going to teach me. He's your teacher here on this earth. But we'll direct all of our prayers to God. We'll direct all of our prayers to Jesus. And we'll shut the Holy Ghost out unless we get a, Whoa, And then we think, well, that must be the Holy Ghost. What's wrong with us? Are we complete idiots ourselves? We're lunatics. We take it out there, the thing that God gives us from heaven and says, here you go. I want to teach you. I want to show you all the things that everyone's like, ah, I don't know what scares me. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with the body of Christ sitting around arguing stupid things, but they won't look at the Holy Spirit and ask him to tell them what's right? Well, we just may get man's opinion on that. We don't know if if it's the Holy Ghost or just so-and-so is just talking. Well, you can go look at it. and verify verified by the word. I'm telling you, I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit so much in my life because there's a whole lot of movements of the Holy Spirit. One of the movements of the Holy Spirit is He's down on the inside of you. And when you're about to do something wrong, you will get a yuck feeling right down here. You'll get a turn. You'll get a tweak. You'll get something right down here that says that's not right. And I don't know how many times I have been saved from, from hurting myself or... Or something that right down on the inside of me, that little whoop was down there. And I said, I better not do that. I could fill your ears with stories from now till next week of things that I've seen the Holy Spirit do to me. Because I got to a place where I'm sensitive to what's going on down there. I don't like to talk. I don't like to be around. I don't, there's, there's certain restaurants will walk in, I'll go with my wife, we'll go into a place, and I'll go in there a little bit, and I'll say, man, I don't like this place, so let's go. Doesn't have anything to do with it. It could, have, it could be the nicest, most white tablecloth-looking place in the world and everything be just right. But if I walk in there and I feel that little whoop of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, I'm out. I don't want to eat their food. Somebody going to spit in it. That's what I'm convinced of. Some devil in the back going to spit in my food. God has saved me from car wrecks. God has saved me from animal attacks. God has saved me from all kinds of things in life by listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit down the inside of me, and it sounds like, whoop! I didn't hear. Yea, hey, the saith God, do not enter that room. I felt right down here, whoop! Don't do it. Didn't feel right. Felt like I was like, like butterflies before a football game, except more intense, stuck right down here in my gut, and no reason because I was simply not worried about anything. Just walk in, feel it, whoop, down here, and say, I ain't going to do it. When I feel that down on the inside of me, I'm not moving forward. I don't care what everybody says. I don't care that people stand around me and say, this is the way to go, this is what to do. If that happens on the inside of me, folks, I ain't budging. Because I've been for the last 35 years of my life, learned that I better listen because there's times I haven't listened and I've paid for it. It's not indigestion, it's not ulcers, it's not gas pains. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit down on the inside of each and every one of you that's there. But you've got to be sensitive to it. You've got to be in agreement with the Holy Spirit. You've got to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit to where where you're you're able to to distinguish His voice on the inside of you. You say, well, I don't know. That's just kind of weird. Come on, folks. Read the Bible. You're the temple of the Spirit of God. If you're saved, you're born again. Jesus lives on the inside of you and the Holy Ghost is there. Quit denying it. Quit thinking that Holy Spirit is just an experience of speaking in tongues and, 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 and quivering and jerking and flopping and flailing. It's that everyday voice down here on the inside of you. That is the Holy Spirit. You say, well, Jesus spoke to me. Well, technically you're wrong. This is the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I'm going to heaven and I'm sending him down here. He's the revealer. He's the revealer that's going to speak to you and show you things that are to come, is what he said. But he's also going to show you things of the now. I don't know how many times in my life I have got up that morning, prayed, (coughs) talked to the Lord about something, you know whether I'm praying for somebody or or, or, or myself or life or whatever, and then go to reading my scriptures, and then that day I just had to start laughing because my eyes fell upon the word, and that was exactly the word that I needed as if it came from heaven and Jesus wrote it right to me that day. That's the Holy Ghost. You say, well, I didn't get that memo. Yeah, you didn't read. See again, we want to turn the Holy Spirit into such a mystical, magical thing that we're just walking along the road and we hear that voice from heaven saying, Oh, my son, Lord. And you got it. Yes, Lord. We want a burning bush like Moses. When the majority of the way he's going to be the revealer, he's going to reveal it right here in his word. A song about that has a Christian Psalm that has the word in it. He can reveal to you. He's the illuminator of the word. But if you don't read the word or you don't know the word, that's why I'm always pushing you to read, to read, to read, to read. If you don't know the word and you don't know to read, then how in the world are you going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Because he's the revealer. Let me show you this. Look, look over to Acts chapter 2. Oh, Peter denied Jesus three times. He denied Jesus three times, and the third time he thrown down cussing. Saying, I don't know the blankety blank. Don't blankety blank talk to blankety blank, blank blank. Hello? And then the rooster crows, he knows what's happened, he re- weeps and, and, and knows what he's done, right? Now look at old Peter. Acts chapter 2, the very first part, verse 1, is when the Holy Spirit falls on the day of Pentecost. Now look down at verse 14, look what happens to old Peter. But Peter, standing up at the eleven, raised his voice. Isn't you know, funny, old Peter? He's beat down, cussing, fool. Just not too many days before this. Now what's happened? Oh, the Holy Spirit. It's the only thing different. Holy Spirit gets on them. Like Luke 4, 18 said, Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? To preach the gospel to the poor. Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known unto you. Heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of the prophet Joel. And he goes through quoting Joel. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where, where? Listen, do you understand? He's quoting Joel in the Bible. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit illuminates him, reveals to him what's going on, and what does he reveal? The Word! Not something new. Not the new prophecy that just came from heaven, but the old prophecy that was in the book of Joel. It's what he it turns to. He wow, this is what it is. This is Job come to pass. The Holy Spirit's fall. Immediately, he begins to reveal things to people. The other day, I was just pr- going through some scriptures. And, I, and it was just like the light bulb was turned on. And I saw him in a different light. And I was like, holy cow, look at this. How have I prayed this for 30 years, and then all of a sudden, kaboom, I see them completely different. Because the Holy Spirit that morning was illuminating something to me, but I was in the Word. Now look at this. Look down at verse 36. Peter goes on preaching and sharing the Word with them. And then by 36, he says, let all says, Let all the houses of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now... When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Cut to the heart. Well, what did it just say? What did Jesus just say over in John 16? That the Holy Spirit's going to bring conviction. And now you're seeing it manifest. Peter's preaching the word. Boom, the people are cut to the heart. You know why people aren't being cut to the heart today? It's because preachers aren't preaching the word. If you preach the word, the Holy Spirit then can cut people's heart and bring conviction. But if you're not preaching the word, there's no conviction. Because I can't say, no, you better stop it. And that carries any weight. Y'all are just going to say, Pfft. Hello? But if the Holy Spirit convicts you, then you're just like these people. And you turn in and say, what are we going to do to be saved? I see people don't want that. They want to do what they want to do. All under the, all under the guise of, of Christianity. Niceties. This is a terrible. No, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, I can <clears throat> I'm talking, this comes from the 70s, so some of y'all don't know it. Do y'all remember Mr. Bill from the 70s? Okay, some of y'all just raise your hand, because I got a lot of stuff on that you remember Mr. Bill. Ah, will look at you. Hey, bros! <laughs> Mr. Bill was a little Gumby figure that always did something stupid, and then at the end of it, somebody went and smushed it. I think there's a lot of Christians going to be real... Real shocked when God shows back up. And they're like, Mr. Bill. And God says, I've had enough of this bull. Take it or leave it. I'm telling you, God's getting tired of putting up a sin. You know why? Because it's a slap in the face of Jesus. Jesus. Because he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin so that we could be redeemed so we could walk in life. Hello? And every time you walk in sin, all you're doing is slapping Jesus in the face. And every time you stand up and don't agree with the word, all you're doing is slapping Jesus in the face, saying, no, I don't think it should have been this way, I think it's this way. And you won't listen to the Holy Spirit to know what's going on. You won't let him reveal anything. And I think God's getting tired of that. I know I am. But I'm just me. So then it goes on. By verse 40, they got 3,000 people saved. And the early church has been birthed and started. All because of the Holy Spirit falling. What I'm saying to you today, church, is simply this. If you're going to press into the things of God, you're not going to do it without the Holy Spirit. And you might as well give up And quit trying to candy coat everything the way that you think it needs to be. And just turn and say, Holy Spirit, you're here on this earth to help me. You are the helper. You are my advocate. You're the one that's sent here for me. I want you to lead me and guide me and help me. I need your help. Come, Holy Spirit, teach me about you. And if you do that from your heart, then I'm telling you, he will. And he's going to come, and he's not going to come bursting in your house like a charging elephant. He's going to come in and he's going he's gonna to touch you on the shoulder. And he's going to say, hey. And are you going to then have ears to hear? Are you going to have ears to hear? Start listening to what's going on down here. And being led by the Holy Spirit down on the inside of you, not led by your head. Your emotions, your feelings, but down here. When you start to do that, folks, I want to tell you something. Then your whole relationship started. Then you're, you can start pressing in. I want to tell you this. I, want to, I just want to tell you this. And, and, and <clears throat> we got too many people seeking a word. They want a word from God. Now, what Frankie did over here this morning, I know him. I've been 30 years in the ministry with him. But I'm saying everybody's wanting to seek a word. They want God to speak to them and say, yay, hey, thus saith the Lord, this, 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 and this. And I'm telling you, you're not going to hear that until you can hear this and this. If you can't hear the Holy Ghost down on the inside of you to have enough sense to quit doing what you're doing and you don't read your Bible to hear what the word is speaking to you, well, then don't come tell me a word. All right. It's the truth. I'm speaking truth to you. We've got knuckleheads running around saying, "Yay, hey, thus saith God when I don't even know if they could follow the simplicity of the Holy Ghost grieved on the inside of them or know what the Word was illuminated for that day. So start off with the simple church. Let's be a great church, a strong church, a powerful church, one that follows the Holy Ghost because we started with the simple. And then watch what God does. Because I'm telling you, he wants to blow through like like a Holy Ghost tornado. But we got to get in agreement. We got to get in a flow. Amen? Amen. Well, put your Bibles up and stand to your feet. Can I have my prayer team come down, please? Listen to me, all of you out there watching. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do not waste any time. Right now, wherever you are, call out upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says, then you'll be saved. And it's a simple thing. You know, people get so prideful and, 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 and they don't want to enter into the things of God because, oh, you know, they're, they're, they don't want to look this way. Listen to me. You better fall on your face. You better cry out to God. You better say, Jesus, come into my life. You are the son of God. I believe in you. I want you in my life. And when you do that, then the spirit of God will touch you. Now you're on the road to getting the Holy Ghost in your life and following the things of God. If you're in here today, listen to me, we have these prayer team people up here, not not, not for their good looks, although they're good-looking people, but but they're not up here to just, you know, just be figurines up here. They're up here to help you and to bless you today, all right? If you're in here and you're not sure you're right with Jesus, you're not sure if you died today you'd go to heaven, folks, do not leave this building, my goodness gracious. I have to assume if everybody leaves this building, that you're you and doesn't come up to pray and give their hearts to Jesus that everybody in here is saved. Are you a fool? I'm serious. I'm just shooting. Man, you say, oh, pastor, you kind of mean today. I, I'm, I'm feeling it in myself. I'm trying to shake you today to wake up because, folks, I'm telling you, there's no time to be messing around. And pride can't be a part of what's going on in your life, and you're going to really walk in the things of God. So if you're not right, you're not sure that if you died you'd go to heaven, and, and if you are if you say, well, I sure hope I will, don't hope, no. Come up here and pray with one of these people. If you're here today and, and you've never really asked the Holy Spirit to come into your life, come up here and pray with one of these people. That's what they're here for. If you're not sure that, you know, that that whatever, Come pray. while why we're here. All right? Now, I want to pray over you all in general. Will y'all let me do that? And I want to believe, God, that this week you're going to have multiple encounters with the Holy Spirit so that you can know what's going on so you can say, Oh, that's what Pastor was talking about. Are you willing to let that happen in your life? All right. Well, I want to pray for you. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for, for Holy Ghost, divine encounters this week with the people. Lord, just what I talked about down the grieving in their spirit. When they don't know you, the word jumping off and illuminating to them. Lord, to just having encounter after encounter this week of the Holy Spirit in their life. Father, I pray right now that as they call upon the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Be a part of my life that, Lord, you fill them full to overflowing. That, Lord, I thank you that you, you equip them with everything that they have need of. But, Lord, that this week will be a a change, a shift in their thinking, in their ways. And, Lord, this week will be life-changing to them because of their coming into an awareness of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Now, Lord, I thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to us. I thank you for pouring the Holy Spirit out upon us. And, Lord, I just declare right now in Jesus' name that these people this week are blessed. They're blessed in everything they do. They're blessed in what they put their hands to. Lord, everyone out there in the viewing audience are blessed, and they know that, God, you are with them. So, Lord, I thank you for it. Lord, I praise you for them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here for prayer.